Welcome to the Made Up Savannah podcast. I am your host, Dee Daniels, and I'm thrilled to be walking you through this exploration of what is one of the most charming, elegant, historic, and artsy places on the map, Savannah, Georgia. In this podcast, we'll be talking about history, architecture, real estate, cocktails, ocean fronts, island living, well, everything and everyone that are truly made of Savannah. I'm excited to welcome our first two guests, the president and vice president of Corcoran Austin Hill Realty, two of the most sought after real estate professionals in the Savannah area, both with hearts for history, preservation, and serving the community. Stephanie Wilson Evans and Austin Hill. Welcome to our first episode, everyone. Yay, excited to be here. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. I'm very excited to start this this journey, which I, I think is just going to be a fantastic podcast. And I want to start off with a little personal history and the question I hear most in my daily life in Savannah, where are y'all from? Because most people are not from Savannah. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee, uh, but I made my way to Savannah many moons ago. I've lived here longer than I lived in Tennessee. So this is now home. Well, I'm from about uh, five miles down the road, uh, so I haven't I haven't made it too far from where I was uh, born and raised. Uh, I actually had a nice long stint in Nashville, Tennessee, so I haven't been here my entire life. Uh, but Savannah is home. Although, funny enough, we never crossed paths in Nashville. Uh, no, we didn't. Um, but it's one of the things that we love and uh, share together. So yeah, talk about uh, Nashville because you both did real estate. In Nashville, right? No, you didn't do real estate. I did not. You did, though, Austin. Yes, I did. That's um, I I started off in real estate here in Savannah um, right after uh, school, right after I moved back from school. But soon after, an opportunity presented itself in, in Nashville uh, to not only list and sell uh, real estate and uh, affiliate with a great, great brokerage there, uh, but also to do some investing and revitalization of downtown Nashville and uh, and open up some great uh, residential buildings there um, and do some uh, restoration of some great historic buildings and convert them to residential. So Nashville was a wonderful opportunity and a wonderful place to call home for about 10 years. It's really interesting to hear uh, stories of people that were living in Savannah or were born in Savannah and left and then came back because they were like, ooh, this is a place. I mean, this is, this got quite the magnetic charm to it that a lot of people are like, I can't leave. I know a lot of SCAD students that graduate, leave and are like, Oh yeah, I want to go back. And they come back. And, and I, I love that sort of magnetic pull that it has here. Do you both remember the first time you fell in love with Savannah? Like your first fall in love memory? I do. Um, I drove down Abercorn and the trees. I hadn't even seen the water yet. And the live oaks that that canopy over Abercorn through Ardsley Park just spoke to me. You know, I mean, I had a I had the different experience. We both uh, share the the love of the the waterfront in Savannah, but that's that was what was always home for me. I grew up um, um, on a small island uh, outside of Savannah, and so I grew up on the water, and that was always uh, what made it feel like home to me. Was was uh, when I would come back from Nashville or come back from school, when you'd hit the causeway and that and the smell of the of the salt water, uh, you'd roll the windows down and you'd know you were home. So that's what always made me want to come back. And I mean, the Stort District is lovely and uh, we spend a lot of time there every day <laughs> in the office. Uh, but it really is it's that waterfront that that always that always brought me back. Let's talk a little bit about our offices at uh, 251 Bowl Street in Historic. I mean, pretty fantastic, um, pretty fantastic how many people walk by and are just like, wow, um, it's a gorgeous office. That's where our, our studios are located that we record the podcast as well, except for this very first one, which Austin has invited us into his beautiful home to do. But it is a gorgeous location. And it's funny because I was at Sixpence a couple of weeks ago and this lady that had lived here for over 30 years noticed the Corcoran Austin Hill logo on my shirt. And she said, oh, you work right there. And I said, yes, yes, I do. And, and she said, oh, it's a gorgeous office. And I just love they always have the art gallery there and it's just gorgeous. But I remember when Carol's Boutique was there instead. And I think uh, that was a clothing store and she was there for a long time, retired like 2020, I think. Yeah. So um, Carol, Carol had her shop there for a little while. Carol uh, used to 
work for a good friend of mine um, who unfortunately passed away. Uh, but um, the Carol worked for Ross Arnsdorf, uh, who had a shop there for decades uh, named uh, Galcho. Um, and it was really a staple of, of Savannah ladies. Um, so everyone, everyone who has been here a while remembers that as the old, as the old Galcho shop. And I like to think that, that, uh, Ross is smiling on us every day because we were a good friends and he had incredible energy, uh, such a wonderful person. Um, so I'm, I'm happy to be in his space that he spent decades in, but yeah, you're, you're right. It was a, it was a great, uh, fine woman's shop for a long time. And am I right in remembering that there was a club car um, for people who didn't necessarily like to shop but wanted to sit and wait. Yeah, interestingly enough, the um, there was a little uh, corner uh, bar uh, set up kind of like a pub, like a like the club car in Nantucket. Um, but it was in the corner where mine and Stephanie's office is. I don't think. That, well, no, there's a little bottle of tequila. Shoved, okay, I was going to say my desk somewhere. So it's over there. It's still a bar. There's always a okay, little bar right, somewhere. Right. Yeah. we are in Savannah. That makes it right. Exactly. That, that always makes it good. Um, it, it's funny because that reminded me when when that sweet lady was talking to me about uh, how long she had been here and and just how many stories every building has, especially. Um, in the historic district, but also, I mean, everywhere else too, even, you know, Isla Hope, I'm thinking about the, the stories I've heard about uh, the raceway going down, uh, going down La Roche and all of that. And I, I just feel like so many stories are, are just, just hidden behind all of these buildings and behind all the doors. You, I know Austin work very closely with historic Savannah foundation. Do you have a favorite? Every building has a story story. Yeah. Um, so interestingly enough, I mean, uh, a lot of people talk about the architecture and kind of the, um, the different, uh, wonderful styles and, and, and how diverse Savannah is architecturally and the, the really, really fine architects that we had, uh, come here as from New York or Boston or wherever. But it's very interesting to me that unlike other historic cities, you know, Savanians don't, the prominence isn't really in the architecture, who the architect was or, you know, what kind of fancy antiques you have or what kind of fabric you have over your windows. It really is the Savannah, the Savannah charm and this, what Savanians remember is who you had in your house and mm. what kind of times you had. Everything in Savannah really is based on stories and it doesn't have to be some fancy house in the historic district. You know, we have stories from, from, every corner of this town from every walk of life. And uh, that's what kind of gets passed down and what gets uh, carried on. And um, that's why it, with Historic Savannah Foundation, yeah, we, we preserve buildings and places. And, but, it, but it is our, one of our top three goals is to preserve uh, the stories um, and the legacies that kind of live on uh, in this town. And that could be a little controversial, I feel like, sometimes as things are trying to expand and people are rebuilding and renovating and doing things like that. But that's something that I know Historic Savannah Foundation, they really get involved with all of that and, and try to make it something where it, we're doing it in a respectful way. Well, I mean, isn't the, isn't it the controversy that makes things interesting? Yes. I mean, isn't it isn't <laughs> it the occasional butting of heads or the disagreements or the you know respectful arguments that that make things interesting that make us kind of blossom and come together? We we actually uh, just recently, Historic Savannah Foundation, just saved the the Kaya House, um, which we've actually been working on for years and years and years. It was stuck in a um, it was stuck in an estate where we couldn't get the, you know, get the clear title or get the sale of the, the structure. Uh, so it sat there neglected for uh, over a decade. Uh, nobody was maintaining it. But the Kaya House sits in a, uh, in a wonderful little neighborhood, Kyler Brownville. And it's, it's just your typical uh, four-square kind of Victorian house. Um, but the roots, the stories are what are so important there because Virginia Kaya, Dr. Virginia Kaya, turned it into the first art museum in the South open to African-Americans when, when black people were not allowed to visit the Telfair. Um, so it was, it's this cultural hub 
uh, that, that we're working on saving and preserving and restoring now. And it's so important. It's important work, and it, and it goes on all the time. Sometimes a lot of people don't hear about it, so it's really important work. Let's talk a little bit about real estate. Um, let's dig into that a bit. Stephanie, it's the beginning of 2023. Here we are, you know, new year. It looks, it's Real estate's looking a lot different uh, than it was several years ago during COVID. Things are moving. Things are changing. Where, where do you think we are kicking off this year with real estate? What's your what's your gauge I think temperature? We're healthy, finally. Yeah. I think that we've been in a rat race, a tsunami, um, for the last few years, and so now seeing things, you know, it's the ebb and flow of real estate. There's always peaks and valleys, but I don't think that we've been in a very healthy market in terms of what is good for everything. So I'm happy to see people are making less reactive emotional decisions and they are making decisions that are best for themselves or their families or their future. Um, and so I'm, I'm thrilled. I like it when things get back to a more normal pace and I'm looking forward to seeing what the year has to bring. That being said, Savannah always tends to be a very sheltered from the storm sort of location where safe Harbor when it comes to real estate. And so as we continue to watch our um, our footprint geographically expand where we were kind of the small little town on the water. Our ports growing at such a rapid rate. We expect that it will exceed New Jersey in the next few years. Um, we're now seeing growth into Bryan and Bullock County, and with that, it come there come a lot more jobs. There come a lot more opportunities, and we will. We are still a waterfront community. We can only expand really one direction, right? right? So I think that we are, um, we're going to continue to be a pretty healthy market. And we're very fortunate in that regard. What about the inventory? I know a lot of people, you know, think about that from over the last year or so. And they're like, oh gosh, it's going so quickly, you know, and there's not enough and, and we were thinking about it, but we can't, maybe we can't do it, you know, because we heard it's just not enough inventory. Where do you think we are with that? You know, we were set up for a real crisis when it came to inventory long before COVID hit, because we had such a decline in new home starts over the last decade. So we were already far behind nationally, not just locally, um, in actually building new homes. Then you saw such a shift through COVID when you've got people who really did not plan on putting down roots. They liked the idea of renting and being able to move whenever they wanted to, wherever they wanted to. Um, and then we had a global pandemic and everybody decided that maybe they needed to shift that mindset and think about having their safe space. And for most people, that's home. So um, we then have the issue of supply chain challenges. Um, so new housing starts are going to continue to be a challenge. And that will continue to make it a little bit more difficult in Savannah because, again, we're a coastal city. We don't have just we can't just grow out in every direction. Um, but I do think that with rates increasing and housing prices stabilizing, that's giving everybody a moment to really reassess. And uh, and I think that it's all going to be, there's still going to be a lack of inventory, but I think that it's, um, it, we're still set up for success here. Yeah. And I think you're right. I think, I think it, the, the healthy wording is very good. I think people are starting to feel like, oh, okay, we can breathe a little. And, you know, the houses aren't flying off the market before they hit the market. <laughs> you know, I think that's, that's been something that's been exciting too. And, and it's not just residential that is growing. I feel like there's commercial that's growing. I feel like businesses are wanting to develop and wanting to do more. And I'm sure you guys are seeing that well, as very, well. Yeah. I mean, it's very interesting. Even, you know, I, I actually thought that, that retail might've died with COVID, you know, I thought, well, here we go. Invest in cardboard boxes because everybody's going to be yeah. ordering from Amazon from here until eternity. Right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was a real fear. That was a real yeah. Real fear. And I mean, you know, just you know, hotels and 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 retail were going to die with COVID, and it really is not the case. I mean, we've seen in the past few months the retail numbers, the occupancy levels uh, here in Savannah are are so high. You know it's, it's really, it's really bounced back. And, you know, we're 
still building hotels. You know, uh, we're, we're redeveloping, you know, buildings that were, you know, um, that were converted into office space back into hotels. Uh, you know, even the even the office commercial sectors is, is doing pretty well, not as well as the, you know, um, retail sector. But uh, it's, yep, it's really amazing how things are bouncing back. And I honestly think Savannah has been um, such a shining light in the local business arena, too. I mean, it's it's amazing to me, especially after COVID, to see how many local businesses are still going and thriving and new local businesses starting. I think that is such a big deal. And you'll see that, obviously, when you go down Broughton Street and you'll see that on River Street and these new places popping up. I mean, it, it's pretty amazing to, to see how strong the Savannah vibe is for local business. And, and I mean, we're sitting right in the middle of it. Uh, on Bull Street. So that's something that we see all the time. Uh, I think one really cool thing, and, and, and we need to give credit where credit is due, um, the Savannah College of Art and Design has such a powerful influence here, uh, especially, you know, over the creative side of all those local uh, businesses. So um, it's been really, really interesting. When I was growing up here, um, you had to go to Atlanta to get a good designer or find some good, you know, furniture or fabrics or whatever for your house or, you know, Savanians just didn't, you know, they had good things, but you just didn't have that kind of atmosphere here. Um, and the Savannah College of Art and Design has brought in such a positive influence. Um, in the past few years, you've seen the design district kind of boom um, and different people move in from New York and different places that and open these wonderful shops and design studios and the art scene is so great. I think the creative uh, side of Savannah is just what people are drawn to and why a lot of people move here. Um, Absolutely. It also gives such an inclusive and dynamic, diverse uh, atmosphere here. So not only do you have the students, but who they bring in, the creative minds they bring in, uh, things like the film festival. It really is. Oh, gosh, yeah. It's pretty amazing what they've done. And um, and how it has continued to make what was already a pretty eclectic and interesting community more vibrant and more inclusive. And, um, you know, you go to L.A. and everybody says no one's from L.A. Well, in Savannah, lots of people are from Savannah, mm -hmm. but they have just as many friends that aren't from Savannah. It's not this if you aren't from this family or you didn't go to this school or you didn't attend this college, then you're not welcome here. And I think that's one of the many things that people love about Savannah. It's why they fall in love with it every time. Mm -hmm. That's very true. And, and speaking of the film festival and things of that nature, so many films, uh, so many movies are being uh, filmed here now. And it's just, I feel like it's all the time. There's a movie uh, going on somewhere around here. And I, in the last, what, year, I've seen more celebrities on Instagram, somewhere in Savannah, you know, in front of Hitch or on River Street or, you know, going to the old pink house than I have ever in the last like six or eight years that I've been watching what was going on in Savannah. Well, I think there, I mean, I think those people are, are naturally drawn to Savannah, but I mean, one example of, of how, how that the film industry impacts this, this town um, is over the summer are the visitorship at the Davenport house is down. just like it is with any other house museum. Um, but with historic Savannah foundation, we were able to, uh, uh, bring in a film crew over the summer, um, at the Davenport house and raise a lot of extra money for historic Savannah foundation that we wouldn't have otherwise been able to do. And it was such a win-win, you know, with the LA crew uh, that was in, and you guys will probably all see the Davenport house out soon um, in this, in this feature that I can't talk about, but you know, it was just a really, it was a really awesome way uh, to support the city um, in a respectful, you know, way. Um, and it's, and it will end up benefiting the city in the end. Oh, no doubt so, about it. And it's just, it's amazing to see the ripple effect that, that all of that has had in the Hollywood. I don't know. I feel like we, we've, Savannah's become a second Hollywood. I really do. I feel like it's, it's, it's pretty amazing to see how that's, that's growing and, and just keeps on going. Um, speaking of, uh, celebrities, do you, have you guys geeked out on a favorite celebrity that's been in town? 
I mean, I've got a fun story. So Ooh. back when um, Ben Affleck and J-Lo were dating before they yes. now met, like the way back, right? Um, ben had been in town looking at real estate for about a year and it was so much fun. So he would fly in with his brother and um, at the time his girlfriend, I don't even think they were engaged at that point. And um they were like just this fun crew and we they'd come into the office and we'd have a great time. They were working with Nash McIntosh, who was just one of the most amazing men I've ever met in my entire oh, I life. Nash. Gosh, yeah. I love Nash. And so then Ben and Jennifer start dating. And all of a sudden our office becomes the center for every paparazzi in within like, I don't even know how many hundred miles. And they're standing in the back of our parking lot with like hats on that had twigs and branches on it. But they're, (laughs) they're, they're literally standing like in a parking garage. It was hilarious. And so they were Jen and Ben pull into the back, um, parking lot they go out the front door and jump in the car to go take a look at real estate and i am tasked with moving their car and i get chased by paparazzi through downtown savannah they think that i'm i don't know what they thought so anyway um it was a lot of fun so yeah that was probably my favorite geek out because i kind of felt like i was involved in all of it i dropped off their keys and i like looked at they both gave me a hug thank you so much and i was like i don't know how y'all do this this whole like celebrity (laughs) thing is for the birds (laughs) But it was your moment of getting chased by the paparazzi. I mean, so. I felt so. <laughs> Not all of us wanted. can say that's happened <laughs> in in life whatsoever. It's funny you bring them up because I remember having a conversation with a neighbor of mine who grew up in Isle of Hope and she used to run boats. And back when they were dating, she actually ran a boat that they rented out and you paid for and she ran the boat for I don't know how long. It is amazing to hear these stories of people that have been here that have brushed with celebrity and they're like, oh, yeah, they were at our house for a party or, oh, yeah, they were on our boat or, oh, yeah, you know, it was it was Christmas and they stopped by. It's fine. Um, It's pretty cool. Very cool. (laughs) Yeah. um, uh, Not too long ago. um, I don't know what the name of the film, but it was the what the final Halloween yeah, Halloween like ends. That. Halloween right. ends. Yes. That's right. That's yes. right. I came. I walked into his office one morning, um, and Danielle was just beside herself because she had just had a brush with Jamie Lee Curtis. Yes. Um, <laughs> and I, I was, and then that, I mean, I've always liked Jamie Lee Curtis, but that made me just start following her on Instagram, and it was really amazing how much wonderful publicity she gave Savannah. Oh yes. Um, that was. I, I loved that. That was so so great of her uh, to do that. I I got to consult for a minute on that movie, did not get to meet her in person, Um, but it was amazing to be on the movie set and just see how all of that went down. And I met everyone else but her. She was off that night. So that was unfortunate. But I did. She's she's so warm and friendly to Savannah. And I did see all the stuff she posted. And she, you know, just go to to one of the local like dog groomers and take her dog and she'd stand in front with the owner. And I mean, it's just sweet. It's just, you know, I think it doesn't matter who you are. People fall in love with the Southern charm here and the welcome mat and, you know, all of the things. So yeah, that was a big movie too. Um, what do you guys call, we talk a lot about the area and it being downtown and historic and the islands. What is the Savannah area location for you guys? What are the boundaries? What's the area look like landscape wise? Well, I mean, there's your <laughs> historic uh, boundaries and then everybody else kind of pushes the boundaries a mm-hmm. little bit, you know, and what you refer to as the historic district. But I mean, you have clear perimeters for the National Landmark Historic District, um, which is uh, from uh, basically River Street, Bay Street on the north side to um, to Martin Luther King Street on the on the west side and East Broad Street on the east side. Uh, and then technically the National Landmark historic district ends um, at Gwinnett Street, so uh, bisecting Forsyth Park. But, I mean, honestly, the historic district goes much further than that, and I think most people would argue that it probably goes as far south, the Victory Drive. Um, so you have a lot of great uh, Victorian historic districts, like Thomas Square Streetcar um, Historic District, and that really are part of, you know, what Savannians and what people visiting Savannah of you as the historic district. I mean, when I was growing up, you didn't really go 
uh, south of Forsyth Park. But I mean, it's become such a vibrant, vibrant area um, and a great, great, cool artistic area. Oh my yeah, gosh, exactly. yes. Yeah. I stumbled on yep. the first Friday down there not that long ago. Oh my gosh, it was the best thing I've ever seen. I mean, just artists on every corner and you would never, and music around the corner and a drag show around the next corner. I was like, what is happening? This is fantastic. It's awesome, right? Yeah, and yeah. then Starlin Yard, I mean, oh you're never going to have a bad time there. Ardsley Station. Mm -hmm. So I guess then you go south of the Victoria District. That's you're hitting Ardsley Park. And then all of a sudden you're into Habersham Woods, where we are now. And then further on out, and you've got Isle of Hope. And then you're hitting places like Burnenburg and the landings. And all of those places are part of Savannah. And we cannot go without speaking about the islands. So Whitmarsh, Wilmington, um, and then, of course, Tybee. Tulahi, Oatland. I mean, there are several of them, mm -hmm. right? So, um, and all of that makes up Savannah and the Low Country. And I think that everybody pretty much thinks of Savannah as any anywhere from the coast to, um, I mean, goodness, Pooler is probably where, even though that's still part of the Savannah area, that is kind of the next spot that people would think of. And really, your Savannah all, all the way down to Richmond Hill. And, yeah, I mean, they're, again, there's small municipalities in between there, but all of that makes up this this region. But, again, now we're seeing so much growth. I think that they're, soon we might be considering Savannah to Statesboro, and that's used to just be farmland. People moved out there to get into the country. Right. Now there's a hun Hyundai plant being built so it's not so country changing. anymore <laughs> not country has come to town all right speaking, or town's gone to the country i don't know which. speaking of waterfront and islands um it's very interesting to me uh, how many people are surprised at the affordability of of you know water view or or marsh view or even waterfront um and, and it's like we we talk to a lot of these people on a pretty regular basis in the real estate industry and they're like whoa i didn't realize i could afford that that was something they never thought was available to them yet they come here and water is just about everywhere so it is it is available and i, I we're having that conversation i feel like more than ever now yeah, I think that um, kind of the ongoing joke is the only people that say that Savannah is super expensive are Savannians. Right. If you move here from somewhere else, you're shocked by what you can get, yeah. what the how, how affordable the market is. Um, and yes, we have just tons of waterfront. And people don't understand that there are all different types of waterfront, right? So there are tidal creeks and there are deep water properties. And there, of course, is some of the limited uh, ocean front, but... Tybee, a lot of people prefer the back river over oceanfront property it's beautiful, anyway. Yes. So we don't have as many condos. We Well, we don't have many condos at all on the water in Savannah, which is a blessing and a curse. But I do foresee that more of that coming in the future. I think that's still an opportunity for us to to really take advantage of within our market. And, um, and right now we've got some good conversations with some people that are very interested in that. So that's exciting. But yes, I mean, when you can still spend, you know, under half a million dollars and have a view and watch the sunset and wake up every day and step out in your back porch with a cup of coffee. D, you know this better yes, than anyone. Yes, I do. Thank and you. smell that salty air. It's, it's uh, the best. It's intoxicating. It so. really is. Yeah. Uh, we found a little spot on a little, little island called Wiley Island, and we love it. And it is it is exactly everything I came to Savannah for, is to have that water view, to have that smell, to hear those birds. You know, it's just... It's amazing. And it was so wonderful to know that as we took a next chapter in our journey, we could afford that. That right. was like, wow, we came from Virginia, D.C. area and we got a lot for our money here. I mean, it just it's so different than so many other markets. And I think the water has so much to do with that. Um, so it means a lot to a lot of people that are that are moving here. I want to talk a little bit about the Corcoran Austin Hill brand because uh, this is such a well-known name. Corcoran is such a well-known name. Austin Hill is such a well a well-known name. How did those things come together? It's it's a powerhouse of real estate in this region, and I think it's just so well known that that people want to know the story of how all of that came together. Well, for starters, we should clear the air on something. Um, 
the company was not named for me. And I did not name the company. So the Austin Hill is, is there's is two family names that came together before I was uh, even a thought. So, um, yeah, Austin Hill's been around uh, quite some time as, as a real estate company. It was more of a south side, a real estate company and development company uh, when it first started. But we revamped it, you know, uh, when I came back from Nashville and uh we, uh, Stephanie and I came together uh, a few years ago. Um, we had a past life together um, about 10 years ago. Yes. Close, close to it. No, 13, and, not and, 03. Uh, <laughs> wait, hold on. Is it really 2023? Wait, what year is it's it? been a while. We, even though, even though we, we've just now gotten engaged, we've been dating for a long time. Uh, um, hey, I thought we were married. Oh, no. An, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I've been telling people the wrong thing. Whoops. Uh, <laughs> no, but um, so Stephanie and I worked together a while ago um, at, a, at a brokerage here in Savannah, and we we uh, we really we got along really well and we have ever since and then uh you know Stephanie had her own brokerage for a while you know I I did my own thing and then a couple of years ago we got together and started talking and decided um that the the two of us were better as one than we were individually and that's proven to be the case uh without exception every day uh, since we made that decision the corcoran <laughs> edition has, was is an interesting uh, and long story but you know stephanie and i are both probably why i said that we're engaged and not married uh, <laughs> we are fiercely independent and in both in our lives and in our business so uh we've always been independent brokers I, I was affiliated with Christie's and Sotheby's a long time ago in Nashville. Um, but since then, you know, we've just we've done our own thing and marched to the beat of our own drummers. Uh, Corcoran uh, does not accept applications from outside. Uh, Corcoran is a real estate brokerage that finds you. Uh, they do not they don't just interview anybody. They really seek out who they want to work with. Um, and so Corcoran sought us out about a year and a half, almost two years ago as well. No, it has been, it's been over it's been two years since two they, years since they started courting us. And, uh, Stephanie and I talked about it for a long time. We've met with them for quite some time, probably longer than what they wanted to. Um, but, uh, we really felt that it was a, it was a, an appropriate fit. And honestly, uh, when they they started sending us kind of their message and what they were about as a company and the general philosophy of of putting people in their needs and the community ahead of your bottom line and putting all those things ahead of making money, uh, not worrying about the finances of your company. But if you do the right thing, you won't have to worry about those things. That kind of that kind of company philosophy uh, is so rare in the corporate world and their emphasis on community service and philanthropy. We just felt it was a marriage uh, made in heaven. So and it has been. Uh, we've really uh, we've really enjoyed being affiliated uh, with Corcoran. Uh, we've we thoroughly enjoy uh, the other owners um, and bouncing ideas off of them. Uh, we find them to be uh, dynamic people and like-minded people who are always thinking of ways to move things forward. Uh, but honestly, it's, it's a great, it's a great recognition uh, for us to be, you know, associated with Manhattan's number one real estate company. Uh, we have so many New Yorkers that come to Savannah uh, that recognize the, the Corcoran name and people from all over the world that, that, that show up at our front door um, and recognize the name. If you're from, you know, if you're from, Germany, you may not uh, recognize Austin Hill, but you sure probably recognize Corcoran. Right. It's a pretty big deal. Um, and I think, you know, one of the things that I've been so impressed with is not only the Corcoran brand, but how you all have merged all of that in such a way where you are such a safe place for real estate agents. You're such a safe place for people who want to come and learn and grow and, and you know, be something in this industry. Um, we at Corcoran Austin Hill have 40 agents right now. Is that about 50. about about 50? Wow. I feel like I blink and it grows. Um, but you guys do such a great job with all the agents that, that come through and want to, and want to do this. It's like, 
you make it, you make it fun, you make it easy and you also teach them, um, as well. So talk a little bit about the relationship you guys have with the agents because it's a good one. Well, you know, Austin and I both are fiercely protective of our family. And that is the way we feel about our company. Um, we are, we make connections. We enjoy the agents. We not only do we work with them, we play with them. We, um, you know, we cheer each other on. We have, we celebrate victories. And of course, sometimes, unfortunately, we have to hold each other when life gets a little tough, but, um, through the ebb and flow of life, we find great joy in the relationships that we build along the way. And we spend a lot of time and energy in this industry and therefore want to be surrounded with people that we really care about and that are like-minded. So we've got just this crazy, awesome group of agents that they love to do good within the community. They believe in, you know, hopefully leaving the world a little better than we found it. Um, we are inclusive. We're thoughtful. We care about our clients. And um, so I think then everything falls into place a little naturally. We've also got the most exceptional group that are supporting the agents um, from our managing broker, Holly Powell, to Jesse Valentine, although bless his heart, he's in Alabama for a brief stint until they can get relocated back. He, But he's husband, still working. Oh, he's working he's like a crazy working. person. He just doesn't get to be in the office oh, all the time. I know. His husband, Travis, it's all his fault. Right. Um, and then we've got Elena and Danielle, who really are kind of the rock, and they are what keep everything um, moving and looking great and and us looking great. Um but then we've also got the commercial division, AHR Commercial, which is booming at a rapid pace right now. And then we've got our um, property management division. So we've got Debbie and Andrea who are killing it over in Shadow Management. Also booming over there, too. Also booming. Yeah, so it's really, um, while we've got a lot of growth, we are still, we want to keep those one-on-one -on -one connections. We want to make sure that our agents always feel seen and heard and that if they have a need, we can figure out a way to handle that need and make sure that they're taken care of. Um, so yeah, we're, uh, we're all about hopefully attracting only those that are going to be great in the industry, but also do good in the world. Well, I mean, let's face it. We don't have control over many things, but we do have control over who we work with. Amen. Um, so we can, we can control that environment and there's no secret to success. I mean, if you create a positive, nurturing environment that where everyone cares about each other, where someone's not trying to outdo the other or, or try to, you know, trying to sneak this buyer away from this person or, you know, you want people that are going to help each other out. I mean, there's, there's, you know, I want to be able to go into an office every day where I laugh my butt off and have a great <laughs> time. And I do almost every day. Um, I get made fun of a lot. You know, I mean, you're just such an easy target. <laughs> I was going to say, that's, you know, that's but, sort of on but yourself. I'm, I'm good at rolling with that most of the time. Um, but the other thing is, is, you know, it's just, it's not all about, you know, what can we get? It's about what can we do? You know, what can we provide? And if we didn't have an incredible community, if we didn't have this wonderful place of, historic preservation and of art and culture and, and people really caring about each other. Um, if we didn't have these incredible live oak trees and these tall, you know, pine trees and, and these wonderful waterways, if we didn't take care of what we have, what, where would we be? You know, what would, what, what kind of company would we be? You know, we'd be any other real estate company in the middle of nowhere, you know, who's selling nothing special. We've got something really, really special, and our task is to take care of it, and that's what we're here for. Um, and everyone who works with us has that mentality. And a word that you use several times, and I think it's an important one, it's the we. We're not an I. What What's in it for me? If you're an I-me person, you're probably not going to fit in super well because we're a we-us kind of group. Mm -hmm. And we us kind of mentality. The Amis in the world just don't fit in real well. And I think that's a common thread that, that obviously you guys have established, um, from the top 
that rolls down, which is beautiful. Uh, everyone picks up on that and knows that that's, that's what we do, um, which is really awesome because you're talking about making community first and making what can we do uh, as the priority. We are involved in so many charities mm. um, and, and so many different organizations that do so much good. Um, I, you know, I'm thinking about make a wish and I'm thinking about, the the rescue organizations, um, and for the love of pause and, and so many things like that, this, the Savannah tree foundation and the YMCA and just so many wonderful things. Um, and we can't describe all of them. Let's talk a little bit about the location gallery, which we have, that is a nice, um, avenue into giving back to our community. I think I, I mentioned a little bit earlier the the uh, design district, which is where we used to be located. So location gallery was started in that space in the uh, design district. Uh, basically, uh, uh, I mean, not by accident, but uh, we we wanted a, to use our kind of retail location um, as not just like an office. And who just wants to walk into a real estate office? But, you know, I mean, it, it, was, it was something, it was a creation to... To use to utilize the space and also to benefit artists and nonprofits uh, because I have a little bit of a history with art galleries and artists and, and stuff like that. It's just not what I want to do for a living. Um, and then uh, Peter Roberts, our curator for um, Location Gallery, uh, was um, the graphic designer for um, Austin Hill Realty uh, before we were uh, Corcoran Austin Hill. And he came to me with this idea of, you know, hey, let's do a gallery in the 417 Whitaker space. And I was like, eh, that sounds good, but I don't really um, I don't really want to own an art gallery. And he says, well, what if we do it where it's just all the proceeds go to local nonprofits? And I says, that sounds like something I would want to do. Um, so that's how we started a location gallery. It was really just another community. You know, let's have another community space um, and, and do things that benefit the community. And it has been fun. Uh, it has been a really fun ride because I've met so many incredible artists. Uh, we've done so many different themed openings and, and shows. And <laughs> right now we have one out that's, that really gets a lot of attention. Um, it's a, it's a collection of the, everyone, all these artists started with the same birdhouses um, and created their, own vision of what that that birdhouse could end up being that was a lot of fun yeah and uh, it really you know there's some very interesting ones um and maybe some even controversial ones oh definitely but i mean hey that's what makes it tick i mean that's really um that's really what location gallery is all about you know and, and honestly all of our charities all of our nonprofits, haven't always been comfortable for people to support you know, we've supported um, uh, Planned Parenthood before, you know, which is not an across the board uh, um, comfortable organization. That's right. Um, even, you know, I even found out that the League of Women Voters can be controversial with people, mm -hmm. you know, so uh, we do take a progressive mindset with it, um, you know, and we want to we want to further the uh, the missions of the organizations that we support. So uh, sometimes that's not a comfortable place to be, but, um, we feel it's important. Well, um, speaking of igniting some controversy, it's time for our top three made of questions at the end of the episode. So I hope you guys are ready for that. There are no, no wrong answers for a sunny day at the beach. What would your favorite drink be made of? It would be made of either something fruity or a skinny margarita which would be mm. then tequila, <laughs> which I bet is Austin's answer. Oh, okay. Oh, am I going to answer the same question? Same question. Oh, anything with grapefruit and tequila in it is, is my thing. And I would, on that sunny day at the beach, I would prefer to be in the water while I'm drinking. With uh, the drink. Okay. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Yeah, yeah. These turvis tumblers that we have for amazing. the company float yeah. really, really well. They are amazing. They really do. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Well, and you know, you've heard the old adage, if you grew up in Atlanta, they ask you where you went to school. If you grew up in Macon, they ask you who your daddy is. And if you grew up in Savannah, they ask you what you like to drink. Yes. I thought, that's that, Ma right. I thought that Macon was where do you go to church? Oh. Well, there are very <laughs> various deviations of the story. But the whole point is in Savannah, they ask what you want to drink. <laughs> 
that is the point. As long as some other place brings in the church, that's fine. We've got the drink. It's fine. It's fine. And we have plenty of churches, actually. So we, we, we are not It's a lacking. nice mix here right? in Savannah. Um, all right. Question number two. If you were a house in, in Savannah, you would be made of blank. I would, um, I would be made of the best contractors and the best architects. There we go. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Just a call away. He's That's so it. extra. <laughs> I would be a sweeping low country home with beautiful, deep, wide porches and hallways and lots of windows with a view. And uh, yeah, that's what I'd be made of. Mm hmm. All right. I would be made of love, but that's just me. That's fine. Okay. Uh, you also be extra. <laughs> that's a pretty good answer. All right. And the final. Right? I'd be made of doggy doors. <laughs> yes, you would. Yes, you would. You have two adorable dogs. Um, so, yes, you have some nice French doggy doors yes, or something, right? Yes. Okay. Um, final question. When you have friends and family visiting Savannah, what is your must-see list made of? Um, I, I have to take everyone to Mercer House. Uh, Mercer House is right at the back, at the front door of our old um, office, but it is architecturally, it's a fantastic house, but it's not like, it's not one of these crazy like period houses. It's set to when uh, Jim Williams restored it and kind of did some fun uh, things with it. So, um, and now, uh, um, now they're finally telling the, the crazy story of, of Jim and in the whole book of Midnight in the Garden of Good and Evil, but that's definitely a place I like for all of my guests to go. What's on your must-see? Oh, there are so many things, right? So if you haven't seen the water, you need to see it, but you need to see it from the water. Mm -hmm. um, so then I call Austin. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, Warm Slow, mm, spectacular. Yes. If you've got kids in town, things like going to Oatland Island and exploring or the Children's Museum, and of course... Everybody loves to grab a drink and walk around the historic district. So it's endless. You can spend, I mean, I've lived here, like I said, for 20 something. I'm not going to get too in depth on how long I've lived here because it <laughs> might show my age, but um, uh, 20 something years and my sister and brother-in-law come at least twice a year and we always are discovering something new and interesting. So it's, um, it's just really a pretty dynamic place to live, visit, play dream about all the things all the things mm, we loved Wormslow so much that's always on my must see uh, for anybody that's coming into town we loved it so much we bought the membership to go anytime um, just on a random Tuesday I like to go and just walk just walk through there I mean Good it's for you. beautiful it's, it's just beautiful Skidaway Island I mean just everything uh, in that little area Isla Hope uh, which is not little at all, but it's magnificent. I love hitting that corner on Bluff Drive uh, mm. and, and watching people's faces when I bring them into town. It's just, it's amazing. How did we both forget yeah. Bluff Drive? Thank you for welcome. plugging Bluff because that's definitely <laughs> a Yeah, Bluff is one of those. I mean, you know, so many people say that's one of the most beautiful streets in this whole country. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, I mean, and, and I love to go out to Worms or anywhere that's uninhabited on the islands. And Maybe this makes me a big uh, dork, uh, but the thing that always comes to my mind is this is what they saw when they first, when Oglethorpe first discovered mm. Savannah. I mean, this is what it was like. That's right. You know, of course, we had, there were some people here before, you know, that, that, um, that settled Savannah. But I mean, this is what people discovering what they thought was the new country. This is what they saw. I mean, no wonder they established Savannah here. Yep, makes you a dork. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> well, if it makes you a dork, we're all dorks. Exactly. So. You're in good company. Um, well, we're looking forward to the the rest of, of what's coming on this podcast. We're going to have so many fantastic guests highlighting so many people um, that are part of the, the thread of Savannah and that really make it what it is. And we're going to find out what Savannah has done to them because it really is such a, an interesting dynamic. Uh, all of us are touched by this place in, in such a special way. So we look forward to uh, everything that's on the way, and we're very excited about the rest of this podcast. I know you guys are excited about it too. We're super excited. Yeah, absolutely. Can't wait to see what you have in store for us. We'd love for you to share this podcast with someone you love or even someone you don't love. 
you never know, it could mend a fence. Make sure to follow the Made Up Savannah podcast so it's always in your podcast feed. And you can follow along with what we're doing on Instagram, at Made of Savannah on Instagram. If you're moving to Savannah for the first time or just moving around town, it's a big deal. And it's always easier to work with someone who knows that. Or gosh, better yet, a whole team who knows it. That's McManamy, Jackson, and Hollis, real estate experts who know the stakes and believe wholeheartedly that every client is more than just a transaction. A real estate lawyer can help you avoid some serious issues with your big deal, residential, commercial, corporate, even title insurance. McManamy, Jackson, and Hollis, 415 Eisenhower Drive and mjhfirm.com. That's mjhfirm.com. The Made Up Savannah podcast is also brought to you by First Coast Mortgage. Michael Caputo and the team at First Coast Mortgage love seeing new people discover Savannah and choose to move here. And they've seen a lot of that as a local lender for the last 30 years. At First Coast Mortgage, they are the guide and the clients are the heroes in the home buying story. The home buying process can be confusing, but it doesn't have to be. Getting a solid buying plan in place is the best way to lower the stress involved with getting a home. And starting that planning process early is the best path for most borrowers. Find out how they can simplify the buying process and get pre-approved at firstcoastmortgage.com. First Coast Mortgage, helping you make good decisions so you can love where you live. Thanks to our sponsor, Spectrum Printing and Marketing. Kim Bullock and Michelle Thompson have over 35 years of experience as a locally owned family business. Spectrum specializes in you. Marketing solutions, increasing your brand recognition, they are the number one source for all of your printing, promotional products, and even custom apparel. They pride themselves in providing the elite customer service care you deserve. And they prove it too by connecting you with a person who is ready and happy to serve you whenever you call. Feel free to pick up the phone, email them, or connect on social media. They would love to talk to you. 912-897-7228. 912-897-7228. You can email Kim at spectrumsav.com. That's Kim at spectrumsav.com. Spectrum Printing and Marketing. They specialize in you. And of course, when you're searching for dedicated, experienced real estate agents, homes for sale, or homes for rent, check us out at Corcoran Austin Hill Realty, 251 Bull Street in Savannah, and CorcoranAHR.com. That's CorcoranAHR.com. Thanks for listening to Made of Savannah. The welcome mat is always out. Thank you.